Welcome to the Sooners Extra Podcast, powered by the Oklahoman. I'm your host, Ryan Aber, here with Jenny Carlson. And, and Jenny, it's been a while for the Sooners Extra Podcast. Um, Gee, why, Ryan? Yeah, it's been uh, <laughs> been a little bit hectic trying to figure out uh, who to get to to speak with me from uh, all of our groups. But uh, we should have certainly should have jumped aboard and, and done one midweek, but uh, what better time to refire the podcast up than after uh, the season opener for OU finally came, a 48 nothing Missouri State, a, a Sooners win over Missouri State. Uh, Jenny, there's all kinds of things to talk about in this game, but we've got to start with Spencer Rattler. Uh, phenomenal, I think, debut for him, starting debut. Uh, completed his first eight passes. Uh, had, what was it, three three touchdown passes in the first quarter. Uh, by halftime, his night was done. 14 to 17, 290 yards, four touchdowns. Could it have gone any better for Spencer Rattler? It, it would be hard to think so. Uh, you know, he had three incompletions, but I think all three were catchable balls. I think all three, I don't know if you could term all three drops, but they were all, well, th- all three balls that could have and maybe should have been caught. Well, I think you know certainly the the first one, the last one of the the first quarter to Charleston Rambo, yeah. which was a phenomenal throw because it didn't look like he had any space at all to get that ball in there, and he put it right where it needed to be. Charleston Rambo just dropped it. Charleston, Charleston Rambo was probably surprised that the ball found its way there. Uh, and and the other two were were catchable, and you could have made an argument uh, for pass interference on a couple on those. Uh, so, uh, yeah, I thought Spencer Rattler, the accuracy was there. The poise, now, Lincoln Riley said after the game that the poise was the most impressive thing to him about Spencer Rattler's performance. You know, we'll see how that changes when it's, you know, uh, a Texas linebacker bearing down on him rather right. than uh, a guy who, uh, you know, is playing for a FCS team that went 1-10 last year. Yeah. But still, a lot of positive signs there. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, obviously first start, you know, even if you're talking about a lesser opponent, even if you're talking about reduced stadium capacity, even if you're talking about, um, you know, all of those things, it's still the emotion of that first start. And so I thought when Rattler came out and was uh, so um, seemingly under control, that first possession, um, you know, as you said, hit, hit, uh, first eight. So obviously he got, he completed everything he threw in that first possession, but you know, some easy, an easy, a quick, easy throw to open the game. Then, you know, a little play action that, um, uh, he, uh, receiver sort had of to, like dumped it over the middle to Austin Stogner, I think was the second. Uh, yeah, that, and it was a little high to Stogner, but very catchable. Stogner caught it 17 yards and, you know, they moved the chains and then you kind of, start to you know i'm sure at that point there was a and then i, pro- I promise you we're not gonna f- talk about every single throw that spencer <laughs> rattler made although we're gonna get close <laughs> but uh the the next pass i thought might yeah. have been his most impressive one of the night the uh diving uh catch by jeremiah hall yep. that was placed perfectly it was the only spot that jeremiah hall could have caught it it was probably the only spot that was catchable certainly that uh, a Missouri State defender had zero chance to get. It was a, a great catch by Jeremiah Hall, but the the throw uh, 
those are throws that not a whole lot of uh, quarterbacks can make. Yeah. And as good as OU has been at that position the last few years, those are throws that probably not all three of the their last three quarterbacks could make. Yeah, and I, I I actually asked Spencer about that throw in specific during post game, and you know he said you know I like to make those type of throws, which you know if you can make them that's great, <laughs> uh, but not everybody can like you said Ryan you know a chance to to uh, you know find the uh, you know put it in the right spot for for Hall I thought Hall made a heck of a catch um, you know very athletic uh, play on his part as well so uh, yeah I mean I think that's uh, that that. That throw might have been his best of the day, and everybody loves, you know, long cross-country, you know, touchdowns, and he had several of those. But, yeah, I thought that I thought that pass to Hall might have been as, um, you know, uh, awe-inspiring and sort of, you know, wet your whistle for what this could be. And, again, as we've said, and we'll probably say multiple <laughs> times again, we know it's Missouri State. We know it's going to get tougher from here. But still – when you are 14 to 17 and you throw 17 balls that are all catchable and you have the kind of night that Spencer Rattler has. I mean, there's some guys that, that can't throw it that well, you know, in practice against no defense. So to have done that, I thought was, I thought was a good sign. And um, yeah, no, I agree, Ryan, that, that throw to Hall, definitely a, uh, a pass to remember. Yeah, no doubt about it. Uh, let's move on from Spencer Rattler. Like I said, we won't break down every single <laughs> Uh, throw he made you know maybe we should uh, go get Jason Kersey to chart every throw that Spencer Rattler makes this year <laughs> inside joke alert um, but some of the other guys at quarterback uh, Tanner Mordecai heck looking at the numbers I don't think I realized was he really 14 to 17 as well same yeah for 157 exactly. yards not quite as crisp no uh, the interception was a really bad decision um, in the end zone that uh, cost him Cost the Sooners a chance at another touchdown. But, uh, you know, Mordecai looked all right. Uh, I thought Chandler Morris, in just the the really limited time that we saw him, Mm -hmm. showed some signs that, hey, maybe this guy is a little bit better than I think a lot of us thought. And I'm not, obviously, Spencer Rattler's the starter and will be the starter for years to come. But um, I think a lot of people sort of looked at Chandler Morris as, a guy that's, you know, sort of the, you know, break glass in case of severe emergency guy. Yeah. Um, you know, maybe he can be a little bit more than that, but he had a, a, a couple of really nice throws there. Yeah, uh, and for, also a couple runs by him that, that were that were fairly decent. I think he had two for 25 is what I'm seeing here. So, yeah, I mean, and you know, you mentioned break glass if necessary. This is that kind of year. You know, I yeah. don't, I'm not going to – and we'll get well, to that in a second, <laughs> but – you know, that's the kind of thing that, I, you know, I, I know that the guys who are starters are starters for a reason, but they've got, you've got to have depth in a season like this because you just never know. And it sounds like Oklahoma was in the just never know mode uh, quite a bit this week, Ryan. Yeah, they really were. And, you know, uh, Friday, uh, I spent a lot of the morning, especially chasing down talk that, this game was not going to be played yeah. or was in danger at least. And uh, we were hearing that a lot. It turns out that was true. And the, the confirmation of it really came from the Missouri State side when their president talked about it on Friday uh, up in uh, – I can't remember if, it, if he was in Springfield or, or somewhere in the area. But um, it, that became very apparent as we 
watched guys come out for warm-ups. We uh, got our flip cards and started jumping on the binoculars and, uh, you know, screaming out uh, numbers <laughs> uh, left and right, three or four people at a time. It was an interesting, you know, flurry of events there before the game. But we learned, you know, Gabe Burkich is out. Uh, OU's kicker, who was fantastic last year, TJ Pledger uh, was out. Anton Harris, Harrison was out. And, heck, uh, you know, he was a guy that was all the talk a, a couple days ago when the depth chart came out because right. he was listed as the starter at left tackle. And it turns out the guy listed as the, the backup at left tackle, Stacey Wilkins, also out, <laughs> as was Andrew Rame. Uh, from backup Broken Arrow, who's the backup left guard, uh, <laughs> on and on and on, and a couple other guys. I think what uh, EJ and Doma Ogar was out also over there. So the offensive line was uh, uh, really hurt by some of these things, presumably either COVID tests or uh, uh, contact tracing uh, holds uh, for those guys because none of those guys were among the injured players that we saw walking on the sidelines. But uh, it was a different kind of game because of that. Lincoln Riley talked about, you know, when they got into their second unit there, as the, the game got out of hand, they've got to throw guys in there who might not have ever played these positions, yeah. and you've got to shuffle them around just to make a, a second unit. I mean, it's a, it's a mash group out there as well. You know, both of the, the Y wide receivers – we talk about we're out. I don't know how much they're going to use that spot this year, but Obi Obiallo and Drake Stoops uh, were, were both out there. And I don't even think I mentioned Drake Stoops among the, uh, the group of players that I talked about in the two deep that weren't out there before the game. So um, it, it was uh, difficult. Heck, on the, the defensive side, we knew about Ronnie Perkins. Uh, he, he wasn't there. But uh, what was it, Marcus Stripling, yep. I think, uh, w- yep. was among the group Absent, yep. uh, that wasn't uh, going down the list here. Shane Witter, uh, the, the freshman who uh, made the depth chart, wasn't, uh, wasn't out there. Uh, and, and a couple of those young defensive backs, Bryson Washington, DJ Graham, um, weren't out there as well. So um, it, that's going to be something that we're going to have to watch every single week. But uh, – Lincoln Riley said it was fun to (laughs) – it was funny to say that, but I asked him about that after the game, and he said it was fun to maneuver through the challenges of this thing in a real way instead of just everything being hypothetical. Yeah, and, you know, I I have a feeling that, you know, I think we talked about this, Ryan, in terms of the unknown of games. I don't think – I don't think we've had our last – uh, day like Friday or in terms of speculation that, you know, is OU going to have enough? Is Missouri State going to have enough? Is, you know, so is this game going to happen? I think we're going to go through that on a fairly regular basis. And for OU to have not had a perfect scenario tonight, um, I think is probably beneficial for them long term. You know, you, 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 like Lincoln said, I mean, you, Nobody wants these guys to get COVID. Uh, that I mean, I don't think in any way that he was saying that. But the truth is, is this virus is here. It is highly contagious. And even though they're doing everything they can to contain it uh, on this team, test for it, keep guys safe and healthy, it is going to infiltrate because that's the nature of this virus. And so 
to have had a not perfect week and a not perfect game. I mean, Ryan, it was almost it was kind of visually shocking to look out there and see how many guys they had out there. Because for a home game, you always expect the home team <laughs> to have. I mean, it's like they don't have enough room out there for everybody. Yeah. And it, it was more like a travel squad for Oklahoma on their home field tonight. So that was really, really interesting to see. Yeah, it was actually less than a travel squad when you look at the amount of players that they had dressed out. The players who were injured and not among that COVID group were sitting on the wall, which is something we don't see. The, you know, Sometimes they'll do it in the spring game if yeah. there's on the side where there's no fans or, or the little fans and not right, right up behind you. Um, but not for a regular season game. And uh, there were even a couple guys who were sitting in the first row of the stands in an area where they didn't have those cutouts that uh, 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 just to keep them away uh, from the bench area and try to enforce uh, some semblance of social distancing. Yeah, and, you know, yeah, you're right. There was a lot of things about the setup that did not look as it always does. I mean, um, you know, obviously you mentioned the cutouts, those rows right behind the benches just to keep fans away from teams. They've got cutouts there. Um, so that that's interesting to see, like, who we tried to look around. There's a dog. I think there's a cat. Kids, uh, older folks, younger folks, uh, well, some former a, Sooners. Yeah, Blake Griffin, uh, Buddy Heald, and Neville Gallimore, I think, among the cutouts over there. I'm not sure if, you know, they did it. Uh, themselves yeah. <laughs> or somebody did it or if the OU marketing department just threw them down there but uh, Eric Stryker I think somebody yeah Stryker yeah Stryker's down there they're actually all uh, in that same uh, area Jenny as yeah. we're, we're sitting up here high above uh, Owen Field you know between the 40 and the 50 <laughs> all in that front row and sort of like uh, you know the the celebrity section yeah. it's the the courtside <laughs> the seats Nicholson seats the, yeah exactly um, but you know I thought Ryan t- and and it was different obviously 25 percent capacity fans fairly spread out the student section didn't seem to social distance much all I, I mean uh, maybe that's just, shocking yeah I know but uh it, it very spread out but I'll say this and I, I I've said it in in print and online already I actually thought that the noise and the vibe in the stadium was not that bad i thought the fans got loud at times and um you know it's yeah i think i mean i think they aided them a little bit with some of the sound yeah system but it didn't feel as cavernous as empty as i feared it might yeah i would agree and honestly there was a time uh this wasn't even something in the game related but there was a time in the second half when they showed texas highlights uh, Chris Plank was narrating things, and the boos from that seemed louder than they are normally because you didn't have also that murmur of just conversation that you normally get as those things are going on. Yeah, there was one time I thought, and there's no way this actually happened, but there was one time I actually thought I heard a coach yelling something down on the field, <laughs> and we're so far away. We did have a window cracked open, so it, we were getting some sound from out in the stadium, but... I'm pretty sure it wasn't a coach down on the field, but there's just, it feels strangely intimate almost because of just how few people are, you know, in the stands. It, it, you mentioned how, how players were doing things that they would sometimes do for spring games. And that was sort of what I thought about. It, it very much felt like a spring game a lot of the time, but I, it did, 
the the energy was better than I thought. I think you're right. I think there was a lot of effort, whether it was by the band, uh, whether it was by the uh, stadium, uh, you know, jumbotron and all of those sorts of things. But I think they were definitely doing some things to try to keep you know that sound up when it needed to be up. And um, obviously, you know, Missouri State. This game was a blowout very quickly. So I think as you get uh, you know, K-State comes in, uh, obviously there'll be uh, increasingly bigger and better opponents and games coming. So I think it'll be interesting to see how it evolves. But I thought for the first game and people kind of getting used to things, I, I actually was pleasantly surprised. I didn't really know what to expect tonight. Yeah, I, I thought I was, uh, I was as well. Uh, it was sort of... Um Figured it would be weird. It was. It was. But it wasn't as, as weird as I, I thought it might be. Um, uh, we're not going to uh, go on too long here about this this uh, this game tonight. But before we go, we got to talk about defense. Yep. Um, you know, again, disclaimer, we should just record it and, and hit play. <laughs> this is Missouri State. Not a very good offense, especially outside of their quarterback, who I sort of felt for because he clearly has – a lot of skill, but not a whole lot around him, especially no. to protect him on the offensive line and was just uh, scrambling around up there. But still, even with all those disclaimers, to have more points by your offense than the other team has yards at halftime yeah. to uh, a really nice turnover there in the second half to Larry and Turner yells interception and return. That was such a point of emphasis last year. Those didn't come. Uh, a, a better start in that regard there, and uh, it set off certainly the, the biggest celebration <laughs> of the night as the entire yeah. OU defense runs to the end zone. Sort of surprised that uh, we didn't see a flag there on that, but, hey, good for them for not throwing it. It's Yeah, um, it was late, and it was late in the proceedings at that point. No, and, 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 the, and, the, and the shutout. I mean, they've played yeah, some – I mean, first shutout since 2015, first home shutout right. uh, since 2013. Well, and let's remember, in that time, they've played some other not great opponents and not gotten yeah. shutouts. So, I mean, there there have been instances before where you'd say, you know, well, of course they should shut this team out. Well, they, uh, of course, quote unquote, <laughs> they should have probably shut out some other teams and didn't. So I think to, you know, I, Missouri State never threatened to score a score touchdown. They missed a field goal. That was really the only close call. But, you know, I just – I thought it was a really solid defensive performance. Um, I thought it was a – the defense was really aggressive. I thought you saw that same attacking mentality we saw a year ago. Um, but, you know, last year we saw that a lot out of, you know, say Kenneth Murray or Neville Gallimore. You know, some of those guys, they lost some very key pieces. And so to see – some other guys stepping up, you know, whether it's other linebackers, um, safeties. I, I just thought that they had good energy about them. I thought they really attacked. And, uh, yeah, I mean, again, not not the toughest opponent they're going to face, but I thought it was a good, solid start. It was the kind of domination you want to see an FBS school have against an FCS school. Yeah, uh, definitely. We'll learn a whole lot more about the Sooners here. In a couple weeks when they face Kansas State, although Kansas State had a little bit of a rough go of it today, as did OU's next opponent after that, Iowa State. Oh, my. 
It, uh, As did the Big 12, Ryan. Yeah, it wasn't wow. a good day for the Big 12 outside of uh, OU and uh, I believe Texas. I can't, I'm, I'm not going to – I'm sort of hesitant to speak before I've looked <laughs> – at, uh, yeah, I, Texas won 59-3, so yeah. uh, Texas Tech ekes out a win over Houston Baptist, uh, 35-33, after they sort of uh, scored a couple quick touchdowns in that one. It looked like they were going to jump out. As we speak, uh, Coastal Carolina is hammering the Kansas Jayhawks, 28-3 at halftime. Um, uh, West Virginia did all right. They won 56-10, which you would have expected over Eastern Kentucky. But uh, K-State falls to Arkansas State. Iowa State falls to Ugh. Louisiana. Uh, as, our, as our sports editor Jeff Patterson said, is Iowa State the new Texas falling short of expectations in the preseason? Yeah, I, don't, I mean, Iowa State always starts really slow. So we'll see Ooh. what this team winds up being. And, um, yes, it's disappointing. Ugh. But – so much of this year is going to be about the team that you have available that yeah, week. Yeah, that's true. Uh, I think Charlie Kolar was out for, for the Cyclones today. That's a, a big loss for them. One of Brock Purdy's favorite targets there. So, you know, who knows what this Cyclones team looks like here in a few weeks in Ames when the Sooners go up there. But, uh, yeah, a rough start. You know, uh, I got to go home. And in addition to all the writing I've got to do, I've got to put together <laughs> an AP Top 25. Good luck with that. With no Big Ten or Pac-12 teams. <laughs> Which, uh. Uh, yeah. <laughs> hey, all I got to do is write a column, so I feel so much better about what I got to do now. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and and hey. by the way, just to set the scene uh, in the press box for, for folks, we were limited to 25% as well. Um, we're sitting here doing this podcast um, eh, a couple feet, a few feet away from each other. Not, masked. Uh, we're, we're masked. But we are masked. Uh, we were all masked in the press box, which made the, the postgame presser <laughs> a little interesting on Zoom as we're trying to ask these because usually we're at home for these Zooms, and, and so none of us are wearing masks. But just a... Uh, uh, a, a strange situation all around, and we'll see if it this starts feeling a little bit more like normal, or if uh, or if it just feels weird, you know, the entirety of this year. But it was nice to be back around folks yep. a little bit, um, even in a different way. Um, be back around coworkers. Uh, well co-worker i guess well i saw a couple of them before the game yeah, that had some did. other roles but you did um yeah it's it's just it's not going to be a normal year i don't think I, I, I just don't think we're going to have normal in this football season and i think what you said earlier ryan you know it's the team you've got at the time and and uh you know we just got to kind of roll with it we all do in a lot of ways yeah so uh we'll see what happens we're going to wrap up the podcast there but uh, OU is off next week. We uh, will expect to be back with a midweek podcast for uh, Sooners Extra, whether it's with Jenny, with Barry, uh, with a guest, uh, something like that. I'll try to be better about that. Um, but glad to be back. Glad to be back covering football. Uh, glad to be back in the stadium. And uh, 
down here. I think I forgot almost how to drive to this place um, after all that. But, uh, yeah, a, a good start to the season for the Sooners. Not sure how much we learned. I think we'll maybe figure out here in a month, two months, three months how much we really learned tonight or how much of it was just at this is Missouri State. But uh, uh, either, either way, uh, nice to be back. Uh, around college football for sure. But uh, thank you so much for joining us. And uh, you can check out our work every day at Oklahoman.com and every morning in the Oklahoman for the best OU coverage anywhere.